All right, we are live. Hey there, everyone. This is Clay with ModernLove.Life, and today we're going to be talking about the breakup survival process, uh, sometimes referred to as the five stages of getting over a breakup. Um, and these are very different from the five stages of grief that maybe you've heard of, you know, like anger, denial, all that stuff. This is totally different. This is just based off of my own observations from working with people over uh, many, many years. Um, but before we go ahead and get started, if you like what we're doing, please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe to the channel. Please hit that bell icon so that you can get notifi notifications next time we go live. Um, please leave a comment or please uh, leave a comment down below if you're uh, not watching this live, if you're watching the recording, you know, a couple days, weeks, months afterwards. Anyway, um, also, if you like what we're doing, you'll probably love our book over at modernlove.life slash book. You can go ahead and check that out. And uh, yeah, I also wanted to just let you guys know once again that we got iTunes approval. We are now a podcast on the iTunes store. So if you would rather listen to this as a podcast rather than a video on YouTube, uh, just go down to the link in the description box below this video. There is a link for the iTunes podcast. You can subscribe over there. Um, it took us a while to get that figured out, but there are some technical issues and uh, it's figured out now. So go ahead and subscribe over there. Okay, so with that being said, let's talk about breakups. Let's talk about getting over a breakup. Let's talk about all of that. So um, in the past, I have spoken about the five emotional stages that your ex goes through on the process of getting back together with you. And that's something that people really like. That's something that uh, people go out of their way to search for, which is really cool. Um, and if you were to take a, like a deeper look at that, that's really about your ex's journey towards emotional availability in being open to a relationship with you again. And anybody who goes through any breakup is at least temporarily emotionally unavailable. Um, you know, a breakup is a very emotionally taxing event as it, you know, sucks up your emotional capacity and draws it away from other things that you could be focusing on. And so at least temporarily, most people are emotionally unavailable immediately following a breakup. And um, these five stages that we're going to talk about, about getting over a breakup, about uh, surviving a breakup, these five stages are really, if you take a deeper look at it, about how you can become more emotionally available yourself so that you can step beyond your breakup into something new, whether that is dating somebody new, whether that is even possibly getting back together with your ex or something like that. Um, but these five stages are not the five stages of loss, uh, you know, the, the denial, anger, all that stuff. Um, and they're not the five stages of getting your ex back that I've talked about in other videos. Um, these are really about your individual journey towards emotional availability, okay? And today we're gonna to be talking about the first stage. Uh, for the rest of the week, we're gonna be talking about one stage a day. So we're gonna turn this into a bit of a mini series. So uh, please tune in or be sure to catch the replays if you're interested in this kind of stuff. I mean, whenever I talk about these stages, people will ask me, well, how long does this particular stage take? And there's no set amount of time because that would imply that time alone is going to pull you through this. But you could potentially stay trapped at any one stage 
for, I mean, realistically, your entire life if you just emotionally got caught up in it. Um, I have a friend who's also a uh, relationship and dating and breakup uh, coach. Um, his name is Eddie Corbano. And we, you know, talk once in a while as we talk to each other, you know, us, us relationship folks. Um, and he's a, he's a really good guy. He lives in Germany. Great person. I love to catch up with him. Someday I'd like to meet him in person if I can ever get over to Germany or if he can ever come over here to the United States. But um, we were talking about this, about this whole myth that time heals all wounds. And um, it totally does not. It totally does not. Like, if you're just hoping that time is going to come in and save you, then it's, it's not going to work. Um, his, we were talking about this, and he said, yeah, I actually had a client once who 30 years after a breakup, after a relationship that he had with someone in, in university, I guess, um, this guy was still hung up on his ex. So time alone is not going to pull you through this. You're going to be stuck at whatever stage you're at until you learn the lesson that you need to learn in order to get forward and move on to the next step. Um, so with that being said, this first stage that many people find themselves at after a breakup is called the meltdown stage. And this is characterized by very intense emotions, very intense negative emotions. Oftentimes you can find yourself uh, barely able to function in your day-to-day -day life. I know it was definitely that way with me. Um, I could barely get through a day in like normal functioning uh, sort of way when I was at this particular point in, the, in my breakup. Um, if I was at school or at work, I would often become so overwhelmed with emotions because a lot of the stuff that I did in, at school and at work, it, was, um, it, it left a lot of room in my brain to just kind of think uh, random thoughts while I was kind of working. It didn't really involve the linguistic side of my brain, if you know what I mean. So my mind would just kind of wander, and then I'd start to think about my ex, and then I'd feel really sad. And it got to the point where I would actually have to get up from my desk um, and go, like, go to the bathroom and cry in a bathroom stall just because the emotions were so intense and um, it was actually like really hard to function in day-to-day -day life and I just you know went to the bathroom obviously because I didn't want to see I didn't want my coworkers or um, my classmates to see me crying in the middle of the day it's kind of weird right so I, I would just go pull myself together in the bathroom and totally embarrassing thing but it's the truth right um, other things that people might do at the meltdown stage is, you know, just like cliche breakup stuff, eat buckets of ice cream, watch sappy movies, all that stuff. Um, and if you are to look around on the internet or on uh, conventional sources of dating and relationship advice, you'll hear a lot of people say that, that you should be focusing on, you know, doing things like dating 10 people as some sort of way of proving to yourself that your exes and all that, or um, jumping into a rebound relationship, or uh, just kind of losing yourself by going on a shopping spree, or just exercising at the gym, or um, having some sort of makeover. And these are not the advice that I would give you at this point, if you're at the meltdown stage right now. And the reason for that is because these are still about you 
looking to something outside of you in order to feel better. This is about you looking to some sort of external thing that's going to help you feel better. And as long as you are anchoring your happiness, your emotional well-being on something external, you are emotionally vulnerable to having all of that taken away from you and falling back into meltdown again, okay? So, for example, if somebody says, hey, you know, the way to get over your ex is to date 10 people. Okay, great. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to date 10 people. But what if it's not super easy? What if it's harder? All these things, right? And now suddenly I have this layer of, hey, my ex broke up with me on top of like, oh, now I don't know how to date. Now nobody wants to date me. Like, does that mean I'm, a, I'm like an ultra loser now? Um, and that's, that can just make you feel worse. Or if you follow some conventional advice that says, oh, go into a rebound relationship. I mean, they don't call it a rebound relationship, but it's essentially what it is. Um, if you just get into a new relationship and then that relationship falls apart in a matter of weeks or something because, you know, it's a rebound relationship, then you're going to feel extra cruddy because, hey, my ex broke up with me and then I got into this other relationship and then it fell apart in a matter of weeks. Like, what, do I just suck at relationships? Am I just, like, not a relationship person? And then that can cause you to feel even worse. And, you know, obviously things like shopping, getting a makeover, working out at the gym and everything like that, that's just a form of emotionally masking over the pain that you feel. Now, don't get me wrong, there, you know, absolutely, exercise is good for you. Exercise is something that most people should be doing more of. Um, but if you are using it as a way of distracting yourself from your actual emotional world, then that is not going to set you up for success. So please, if you're in the meltdown stage, do not try to follow the conventional advice of distract yourself. Because distract yourself is based on the assumption that time heals all wounds. But as we already talked about, time does not necessarily heal all wounds. Um, and it's not just a matter of white knuckling it through the pain, through the emotional uh, discomfort, through the loss, through the, the, the heartache and all of that stuff. Instead, what I would recommend for people at meltdown stage, stage one of getting over a breakup, is that you first start by just accepting that the breakup happened. Just accept that the breakup is something real that happened, that um, this is reality, right? Oftentimes people will try to push back against reality and they'll say, oh, I can't believe this happened, this can't be happening, um, I, I refuse to accept this and all of that. And that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't believe there's anything wrong with anything. There's only the consequences that you get from being one way or being another way. But when you are in denial of reality, when you're in denial of the fact that the breakup happened, what you are doing is you are creating more suffering for yourself because by denying that the breakup happened, you are not getting real with what is actually real. Denying the breakup happened, pushing back against it, trying to resist it, that's not going to change the fact that the breakup happened. It's only going to create suffering because you're living in, a, in an incongruent way with what's actually happening. And so what you want to do is you want to accept that it happened. It doesn't mean that you have to love that it happened. It doesn't mean that you have to throw yourself a party because you broke up. It doesn't mean that 
uh, you know, I, I use this term accept, accept that it happened, but people all people often think that it's just about saying, yeah, 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 it happened, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy about it, yeah, I'm okay with it, yeah, I'm totally at peace with it, yeah, I'm just gonna go with the flow, bro. But no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to just get real with what's real, and that's to accept that it happened, accept that the breakup is something real that happened. And when you do this, you can step into reality and you're in a much more powerful place to do something about it because you're getting real with what's real. And once you are real with reality, you can actually do things that are based in reality as opposed to resisting them, pushing back against them and creating more suffering for yourself. Um, and I know this is like really hard. I know it's easier said than done, but you got to be emotionally okay with the fact that the breakup is something real that happened. And yeah, you're probably going to feel sad. Yeah, you're probably going to cry. Yeah, you're probably going to have a lot of regrets and a lot of emotions, a lot of frustrations, anger, whatever. And it's okay to feel those. It's absolutely fine to feel those. I mean, you had a relationship and it has been taken away from you. There was somebody in your life that you loved. I mean, you know, you love them, right? That's why you were in a relationship. Oftentimes people will try and posture after a break and be like, oh yeah, my ex sucks. I don't know why I was in a relationship with them. They're a loser, right? But no, you cared about your ex. That's why you were in a relationship with them. So let yourself feel sad that it didn't work out. Let yourself feel frustrated that it didn't work out. Let yourself feel however you feel. And as you experience these feelings, as you let yourself feel them, you can actually start to let them go. Because it's only through pushing back and resisting a feeling that that feeling persists within us. But if we just let ourselves feel what we're going to feel, then the feeling will resolve itself and then we can move on once it's done, right? Now, of course, there's also a distinction between feeling, allowing yourself to feel these feelings and then getting caught in these thought loops that just cause you to feel lousy, right? Like if you just think like, oh, my ex broke up with me, now that means that, that nobody's ever gonna love me again. And then you just start telling yourself this story, nobody's ever gonna love me, nobody's ever gonna love me. And then you just start feeling sad about that, you start feeling depressed about that and all of that, right? So you don't wanna do that. And if you catch yourself doing that, you wanna take a look at that thought and say, is it true that of the seven billion people on planet Earth that nobody is ever going to love me aside from this one person who I just happened to meet, who has, uh, you know, things didn't work out with? No, I mean, there's, there's millions of people that would probably love to be in a relationship with you. Exactly as you are, as flawed as you are, as imperfect as you are, as human as you are there are countless people that would love to be in a relationship with you. So if you catch yourself thinking thoughts like this or similar thoughts, um, take a closer look at them and notice if there's any kind of exaggeration in them, like nobody will ever love me again. This always happens to me. Uh, men never stick around or whatever it is. Notice those, question them, put them under the light of day and they will probably fall away and you won't have to be caught in these emotional loops that could keep you stuck in uh, one of these negative emotional places for a very long time. But let yourself feel the natural emotion of loss 
Let yourself feel the natural sadness that you're going through. Let yourself feel whatever emotional state that you happen to actually be in. And through doing that, you'll eventually get out of the meltdown stage, which is the first stage of getting over a breakup. Now, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the second stage. Uh, and I'll go ahead and link to that up here. If you're watching this live, you'll have to wait a day for the next video. But if you're watching this, um, you know, a couple days, weeks, months after this video is up, then you can just go ahead and click on the card up there and watch the next video. But this next uh, stage is really once you get out of this intense emotional meltdown stage and you start getting into this stage where you're really overanalyzing, overthinking, and keeping intense tabs on everything that your ex is doing, saying, not doing, not saying, and all of that. But we'll get to that tomorrow. Anyway, if you like all this stuff that we're talking about, you'll probably love our book. You can check that out over at modernlove.life book. Um, and with that being said, once again, if you like what we're doing, please smash that thumbs up button. I don't know why people say smash it, but go ahead, smash it. Uh, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, all that stuff. With that being said, let's see what folks are talking about in the live chat today. Whew, a lot of comments. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, Martin says hello. Helen says hello. Helen, you're here on like every video. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Um, on Urban Pathfinder says, what's up, Clay? Hey, yeah, I'm back in Seattle. I got back from Portland yesterday. Um, my daughter was super excited when I came home. She's, she's nine months old. She's just like recognizing me. It was, it was my first trip away from her. So it was kind of a weird experience, but um, I think it was good. It was good. Um, hey, Clay, it's my ex's birthday tomorrow. Should I wish him happy birthday? Okay, so when it comes to wishing your ex a happy birthday, um, you really want to look at your intentions behind it, okay? If your intentions are to say like, hey, happy birthday, and you, you, there's like a part of you in the back of your mind that's gonna say, oh, they're gonna get this message from me, it's gonna say happy birthday, and they're gonna be like moved emotionally, and they're gonna reach out, and they're gonna reciprocate, and they're gonna start this conversation with me, and all that, and we're gonna end up meeting up or whatever, then that's probably not a good reason to do it because it's coming with strings attached which means that if you send them the message and they don't respond or they don't respond the way that you want them to, you're going to start to resent them for it. You're going to hold it against them. You're going to worry. You're going to panic. You're going to be like constantly checking your messages. You're going to be like analyzing their Facebook page or something to see what's going on, why they're not texting you back. You're going to be filling in the blanks with all your worst case scenario thinkings. Oh, do they meet somebody? Oh, are they like out partying right now? Is that why they're not um, responding to me or whatever? And that's not going to help you. If you can be emotionally detached from them responding to you, and it's just something that you want to do because you care about them, because you genuinely want to wish them a happy birthday, then yeah, fine, go ahead and do it. But if it's going to come with strings attached, then I would be very careful about that. All right, where do we leave off? Let's scroll back to where we were, and let's... There we go. Okay. Um, oh, wait. Uh, that is not the question that we left off at. Okay. Um, wow, guys. There's a lot of questions here. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm always here. 
at your live videos now too. Oh yeah, Urban Pathfinder, cool. Yeah, I've noticed you've been leaving a lot of comments. Thanks a lot, that's really cool. Um, finally joined from the beginning. Oh, thanks, cool, yeah. Uh, so my ex and I broke up almost two months ago with a few contacts in between. Yesterday I talked over the phone with her to clear some stuff out and eventually said I don't want to remain friends with her, although I said I didn't mind being friends when we broke up. I still want her back, even though I know um, we have a lot of growing to do. Should I contact her after my own healing and recovery period? Okay, so when it comes to should you contact your ex at some point in the future when you're healed, when you're recovered and all that, and I think that that's something that you should leave in the future because if you have some emotional stuff to work through, then you should really work through that and then see how you feel and what you want to do once you're on the other side of that. Because right now, before you've worked through it, you, you don't necessarily know what you'll want, how you feel, what your motives are, what your intentions are, all of that stuff once you've worked through it. If you do work through it and then you check in with yourself and you say, yeah, I want to see what she's up to. I want to be in touch with her. I want to contact her. I want to be friends with her. I want to whatever. Then sure, go ahead and do that. But it's always really hard when you try and script something out ahead of time. Um, you know, when we're working with people that want to patch things up with their ex and they're deciding that they want to do some form of no contact, um, they'll often say like, okay, well now that I'm in no contact, I'm going to start drafting up all these messages, all these letters, all these emails that I want to send to my ex. Uh, what do you think of this one? What do you think if I send this one in three weeks? What do you think about this? <laughs> and it's always, it's always like, don't do that. Don't do that because number one, even if you were to write something now, three weeks from now, you would probably still be saying, okay, what am I going to write? That thing I wrote three weeks ago, no, I want to like overanalyze it. I want to look over it again. I want to redraft it. I want to uh, just, you know, micromanage every little sentence that I put in it. Um, so if you're going to do that in three weeks, then why do it now, right? Just, just go ahead and do it all at once in three weeks. But number two, um, you'll also be in a different emotional place in the future. And you don't know what you want. You don't know if you want to be in contact with her. You don't know what kind of relationship you'd like with one another at that point. So um, just let it be okay that you may not know if you're going to be in contact with her. You may not know how things are going to unfold and just let your journey be what your journey needs to be right now for you to take care of yourself, for you to heal yourself, for you to really put yourself first. Okay. And then after you're feeling better, after you're healed, after you're in a better emotional place, then you can look at how to contact her, if you want to contact her, all of that stuff. But that's really what I would focus on first and foremost is you and your own journey. Okay? All right. Where did we leave off with the questions? Again, guys, the question interface looks really neat and orderly for you guys. I get that. I watch live videos myself. But on my end here, it's just a series of bubbles that disappear after a few seconds. So it's harder to navigate here. Um, you are very true. It is an emotional, or it's an emotional vampire. We will not allow it to draw energy from us. That's why it is important to know 
you are loved. Yeah, like um, anything can really drain your emotions if you let it overtake you, if you let it um, consume your mind space. And if you're going to be healing from a breakup, if you're going to be moving forward from a breakup, you have to not get caught in those emotional loops. They're just going to keep you going over and over and over and over and over again, especially ones like, oh, nobody's ever going to love me again. Um, I'm a failure at relationships, um, all that stuff, right? And of course, as long as you're stuck in these loops, you're never going to be able to create a new future for yourself that's different from them. So you want to get in the habit of recognizing them and letting them go. Um, no, that's not where we left off. Where did we leave off? Oh, there we are. Okay. Uh, my wife said that she is done with me. She doesn't feel happy with me anymore, but I love her. Um, we met each other in high school. She is my high school sweetheart. I never cheated on her, not even once. I totally, I really hope that she regrets leaving me. True, love, loyal, honest guy. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know what your wife feels. I don't know why the two of you broke up, but um, I imagine that as long as she is a relatively normal person, she probably has a lot of mixed emotions about it. You know, she probably also... It's like, you know, yeah, he was my high school sweetheart. I mean, we were together for a long time. We really tried to make things work. We hoped things would work out. But at the end, I just needed to leave because of these whatever reasons they were. And I know that it probably wasn't, I mean, again, I don't know the details of your relationship, but I'm sure she probably has a lot of mixed emotions about it that she's dealing with in her own way. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry that happened. I mean, like my ex, the, the one that I talk about, often that I was with for seven years. We met in high school as well, too. So I totally get that um, that feeling that maybe you had of like, yeah, we're high school sweethearts. We're, you know, gonna, gonna beat the odds. We're gonna be like that one couple that's like, yeah, we met in high school and we totally worked it out. And I know it can be kind of an identity that you take on. And then when the breakup happens, it can feel like, like you screwed up in some way, like um, like you messed up, like you like you were supposed to live a certain life, and then something just went way off the rails, and it's like, what happened? Who am I now? I thought I was this one person, but now I'm someone totally different. And we'll get to this in some of the later stages, by the way. But this video is just on the meltdown stage. Okay, where did we leave off? That is not where we left off. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to navigate through these comments here. Okay. Um, Martin says that they dated on Friday. I don't know who you went on a date with, but I hope it was a great date. Um, someone is talking with another person in the chat room. I agree with you, Clay. Uh, you should give time for the process of grieving, and it's a slow process, and it takes time. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to take a lot of time, but you know you definitely want to feel those feelings and not just kind of suppress them. Otherwise, you know you can end up in some really dark and weird places. Um,
okay, some people are talking in the chat room here. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit delusional about us splitting even at six months because she lives in another town and we never lived together. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that really matters if you never live together or if, um, you know, you, you have like a long distance thing. I mean, the long distance thing, it's going to, you know, if you're gonna stay in contact, if you're gonna stay in touch, it's gonna be harder because obviously if you can meet in person, it's going to be a whole lot easier because um, you, you can like have that in-person presence, you can feel the connection and all of that. Um, if you do have a long distance thing, obviously you can talk via Skype, FaceTime, um, email, text, and all that stuff. It's not gonna be as personal, but the closer you can get to in-person face-to-face, like if you were to talk on, on a video chat kind of thing, kind of like how I'm sort of talking to all of you through YouTube or through Facebook, if you're watching this on Facebook or if you're just listening to this through iTunes or whatever, um, you know, that's better than nothing, right? And uh, you can totally develop friendships and relationships with people via long distance. It's not as easy because you have to focus more on the emotional connection, which generally speaking comes a lot more naturally when you're in person, but you can totally do it. We've seen people do it all kinds of times uh, over long distance, so not, not a big ordeal. Hey Clay, I had an amazing meeting with my ex the other day and it felt just like old times and we were um, connecting, but she is dating someone else. Yeah, so um, she's probably really confused right now. She's probably really confused because there, so, so I didn't know we were gonna get on this topic, but let's go ahead and go there. Um, so in order to break up with you, your ex needs to create an image of you that's worthy of breaking up with. And for some of you out there, this may be a thing that you rightfully deserve. You know, if you cheated, if you uh, did something awful, if you broke their trust in some way, right? Play up some of the bad qualities that you had in your relationship in order to create that image of you that's worthy of breaking up because nobody wants to intentionally go out of their way to hurt somebody and breaking up with somebody who's typically gonna hurt and nobody wants to think of themselves as a bad person that hurts people. So they need to create an image of you in their mind that is worthy of breaking up with. And so um, your ex probably did that in some capacity. And then when she met up with you and the two of you were connecting and talking and it was feeling good and all of that, she's left with this dilemma of like, okay, here's the version that I broke up with and here's the person that I saw when we got together. Which one is the real one? Your ex doesn't know. They obviously like the one that was good and fun and enjoyable to interact with, but they've spent so much time thinking of you as this person that was worthy of breaking up with that they're not sure which one to put their faith and trust in. Was this just an act? Was it just a gimmick? Was it just a stunt to, to try and get me to enjoy myself? Is this really the person that they were even though it's not who I saw? And so because of this, your ex will often pull back after a positive meetup as they try and process this and as they try to figure out which one they're gonna put their um, faith and trust in. Now, typically, if you follow conventional advice, people will say, oh, go no contact, go no contact, punish your ex for pulling away, but no, that's not what you wanna do. What you wanna do is you wanna continue to nourish this version in your ex's mind if you wanna get back together 
I know this is not a video on getting back together, but if you did want to get back together, you'd want to continue to nourish the positive version on your, in your ex's mind um, so that you can continue to have that version of you grow in their mind and in their heart so that they put more trust into it and they put less trust in the version of you that they broke up with. And that is really what focusing on the emotional connection is really about. By showing up emotionally, by taking an interest in them, by not being attached to your own agenda, by just bonding and connecting with them on an emotional level, by being vulnerable and transparent, by communicating clearly, um, you can start to increase the positive version of you in their mind and start to diminish the hold that the version of you that they, is, you know, it's not so great, either rightfully deserved or invented on their part, that part will start to fall away, start to get weaker, and um, eventually the version of you that they actually like interacting with will come out on top. Um, and when that happens, they will come to their own decision to break up with anyone that they're in a relationship with, and they will go out of their way to be with you because it feels good to interact with you. And if you can really get good at this stuff, um, you'll stand out, stand head and shoulders above probably most people that they would interact with, including any rebound relationship, and they will intentionally choose to be with you. Okay, so guys, uh, we're up on the 33 minute mark. Um, I don't wanna make these too long. Once again, people do complain when these videos are too long. I mean, I don't know. If it's too long, just stop watching it and watch something else. But hey, what are you gonna do? Um, so anyway, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Once again, uh, we are on iTunes. If you'd rather listen to this as a podcast, you can go check out the link in the description for this video to find the iTunes um, link where you can subscribe. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for watching. Once again, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Leave a comment down below. And uh, if you like us, please check out our book over at modernlove.life slash book. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'll be checking the comment section if you want to leave a comment um, once this video is a regular YouTube video. Anyway, thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. 